Greetings, everyone. This is Terry Naturally with another edition of Terry Talks Nutrition. We're here every Saturday and Sunday morning for an hour each day from 8 o'clock until 9 o'clock Central Standard Time. And we are here primarily for you. Because you and I, we are the only ones that can improve our health. We are the only ones responsible for our health. Although there are some things that we can't control, we can't control genetics, we can't control some of our inherited factors, that is genetics, but outside of that, we can control at least 98% of our health, as only 2% of our health is dependent on genetics. So you and I have to decide how we want to approach improving our health. I think a lot of people never stop to think, why am I unhealthy? Is it because God is mad at me? Is it because of the roll of the dice and I did not turn up the right number? Am I just the unfortunate one? Actually not. Food is our best medicine. Our lifestyle choices determine our health, good or bad. So the more you learn about how to have good health, the better chance you will have good health. So that's the only reason that we're here, is to share ideas, topics, that will give you a better idea how to improve your health. Your doctor doesn't know how. Your doctor does not have any education at all, in terms of health and nutrition. Drug companies don't care if you're healthy because their best customers are sick. Sick people want more drugs or will use more drugs. So we're here every hour to share information with you. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I'm not a chemist. But I've been doing this for over 50 years. I do it in my own personal life. I started off at a very grossly overweight, depressed, irritable, obnoxious, angry. I was not a nice person. Long, long, long story. People have changed my life. And then I made a decision to try to help others change their life. Because when you're happy, so many things are so much better. When you don't have pain, when you feel good, when you wake up in the morning well, refreshed, and happy. And that all comes from being healthy. So, you can listen to our show right here locally, broadcast from Green Bay, Wisconsin. You can also listen live by going to my website, terrytalksnutrition.com. If you're listening from another country or another state, you might have to change your times to be on the same time we are here in the Central Standard Time. Or you can go to the archive section of the radio show and bring up any show you like and listen at your convenience. You can even take it with you on the road. Take it with you when you're running. Take it with you wherever you go. You can listen anytime. And the same for our newsletter. 
We have a weekly newsletter that goes out every Friday to your email address. If you want to subscribe to it, go to the website and you can subscribe to my newsletter. Or you can go into the archive section of the e-newsletter and you can read various topics. Or you can search for a topic. So on terrytalkstatrician.com you can subscribe to my weekly newsletter, listen to my past radio shows, and even ask me your questions. You can also follow me on Facebook under Terry Limron or Terry Talks Nutrition. And also on YouTube. My channel is youtube.com slash Terry Talks Nutrition. And now I have been honored to have Dr. Lynn Wagner join me as a co-host on our podcast. So you can listen and watch the Terry and Dr. Lynn show on the TerryTalksNutrition.com website or subscribe on your favorite podcast platform including Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Listen Notes, Player FM, Audible, Deezer, and Podcast Attic. So we are trying to get out as much information as possible. And while we offer you these opportunities for a better, healthy lifestyle, we don't tell you what to do. We offer you suggestions. And always, we don't know what drugs you may be on or what is happening in your life. Always talk to your physician as to changes you want to make so you can, can regard the, the products you're taking, your drugs you're taking, whatever it might be the, the case. Always keep your doctor informed what you're doing. So we have a lot of great topics coming up. And the first topic I'm going to address this morning is I'm going to address triglycerides, how to reduce triglycerides and why. I started this topic last week. And I did not have a time, to, a good time to finish it. And I want to do that today. Plus, I will talk to you about one of the top featured adaptogens called ashwagandha. We're going to also talk about common medications and the risk of falling. Yes, drugs make you more prone to fall. And we'll talk about ultra-processed food is ultra bad for you. And how to deal with nerve pain, neuropathy, that numbing and burning of your feet or the prickling pains or needles in your toes and your fingers. And how to improve your mood. And can stress make your hair fall out? These are some very interesting topics. But I want to address first where we started and where we left off, I should say, last week. Reducing your triglycerides. And really, when you look at all the, the fat in our body, triglyceride is a fat. Or I should say, they are a fat. It's a waxy substance. Now, many people are concerned about cholesterol. And they're all taking drugs to lower cholesterol. Well, we could spend the entire hour on the benefits 
and why cholesterol is your friend. It's not the enemy. Cholesterol is a very important lipid fat for our health. And it is so important that our body manufactures it automatically on a daily basis. And I believe that's a critical fact that if our body makes it, it must be critical for the function of the body. But they have invented drugs that can interrupt an enzyme that produces cholesterol, and so it lowers cholesterol, but is that a good thing? There's a lot of side effects associated with statin drugs, those drugs that lower cholesterol. Causes muscle pain, loss of muscle, and also loss of memory, acute amnesia. There's a lot of side effects to statin drugs. And some of the pain caused by statin drugs can never be cured. There's a rare form of pain caused by statin drugs wasting of muscle, loss of muscle, pain. And when, once the statin drugs are discontinued, the pain will never reside. It will always be there. And fats are our friend, not the enemy. Cholesterol is our friend, not the enemy. More people die from heart attacks and strokes having low cholesterol rather than high cholesterol and people that have high cholesterol live a better quality of life and a better length of life, more longevity, because we need, need cholesterol. We don't need triglycerides. There are over 600 types of fat in our body. And they're called lipids, L-I-P-I-D-S, lipids, fats. So when people have their cholesterol checked, many times, most doctors look at the total level of cholesterol. If you have cholesterol at 295, oh, your cholesterol is too high, it has to be lower. Does it really? Who said? We need our cholesterol. I had discussed with one doctor, medical doctor, who said he will never treat a patient with high cholesterol unless it's over 1,000. I don't think I've ever seen anybody or heard of anybody having cholesterol over 1,000. But I think he was getting to the point that he never will give one of his patients a drug to lower cholesterol. We don't know why each individual has a different number of cholesterol. Maybe it is part of their chemistry. And cholesterol doesn't damage the arteries. It doesn't damage the heart. But triglycerides do. Cholesterol is automatically made in our body by the liver. It's the same enzyme that makes cholesterol, that makes CoQ10. So if we lower cholesterol... We are also lowering CoQ10, 
which is one of the premier nutrients for healthy heart. But triglycerides are abnormal. And we eat them, we consume them. Triglycerides are made from sugar and carbohydrates. Hey, when you look at the American diet, the American diet is 80, 80 to 90% carbohydrates and sugar. And our sugar level has gone from about 4 to 6 pounds of sugar per year per individual to about 250 pounds of sugar per year per individual today. So it has gone up dramatically. In all of our packaged and processed foods, in, in, in everything we eat is sugar-laden because everything tastes sweet. And it's addicting. Some scientists have said that sugar is more addictive than cocaine. So when you get your cholesterol checked, it should mean looking at three very specific facts. And fats. LDL. In fact, LDL is not a fat, it's a protein. It's a low-density lipoprotein. And the HDL, high-density lipoprotein, cholesterol. High-density, it is not a cholesterol. Now, these two, LDL and the HDL, are used to build cells and to create certain hormones of your body. You cannot manufacture your normal hormones without cholesterol. But triglycerides are fats that when you eat excessive calories and your insulin cannot burn up the calories, usually insulin is there to move the calories into the cells to be burned as energy. And if they have to be stored because you are eating so many calories in excess of what your body really needs and so much sugar more than what your body needs, insulin becomes very ineffective and it cannot function to shuttle the sugar into the cells to be burned. So any excess calories are stored. And these stored, unused calories are stored in the form of fat. That's why people are overly fat. 91% of Americans are overly fat. Just less than 50% of the entire population, regardless of race, is obese. That means grossly overweight. And these stored calories in fat are called triglycerides. And tri- high triglycerides, the high triglyceride levels, more strongly predict future health problems than cholesterol ever will. We need cholesterol. We can't live without cholesterol. And if you have a certain level, I don't have any proof of this, but I'm assuming that level is there for a certain reason. You may need a different cholesterol level than your 
siblings or your co-worker or whoever. But we need healthy cholesterol levels, especially total cholesterol levels. But the triglycerides are the enemy. They're a, they're a fat that is made and stored in our body. Now, if you want to know a good prediction of your risk of heart disease, you should know your triglyceride levels. And you should know your HDL level. Let's say that your triglycerides are 300. That's not good. But it may not be so bad if your HDL is 50. So you should divide 300 by 50. And that is a good number. But if your HDL is three, excuse me, if your triglycerides is 300 and your HDL is 3 or 30 I should say excuse me 30 then you have a number of 10 which is really bad you should have a number when you divide the triglycerides by the HDL of less than 3 Let's say your triglycerides are 500, which is I've seen before. And even though that your HDL is 50, you're still at 10. Your triglycerides need to be reduced. And that is by reducing the amount of calories you consume and the amount of fat on your body. Actually, researchers followed more than 15,000 people with heart disease for 22 years. And those people versus those that had low triglyceride levels, they should be way down less than 100. Those with high triglycerides those that had high triglycerides, I might want to say it again. Well, they had a 68% increased risk of death over the study period. This was 22 years. They increased the risk of dying by 68% if they had a high triglyceride level. Don't worry about the cholesterol level. That is an absolute medical myth about cholesterol. They slammed cholesterol because it's an easy way to make a lot of money by the drug companies. They want 100 million people on statin drugs as, oh, we're protecting you from heart disease. Baloney. And then in a separate study, which was a 25-year study, including 14,000 people, women 
and that's why women today are having more heart disease, is because women with high triglyceride levels were five times more likely to die of a heart attack or heart disease than women with low triglyceride levels. Find out what your triglyceride level is. Don't worry about your cholesterol level. Your cholesterol is your friend. Don't worry about it. So why are triglycerides a problem? Well, high triglyceride levels damage blood vessels, hardening of the arteries, and increase the risk of heart attacks and strokes. Now this is what they said about cholesterol. It isn't cholesterol. It's the manufactured fat by eating too many calories of carbohydrates and sugar. It's a waxy substance that builds up in the liver and can lead to fatty liver disease as well. Another condition that we have to contend with if we want good health. Also, triglycerides are associated with diabetes type 2 and metabolic syndrome. So what can we do to reduce triglycerides? Well, first of all, diet. I'm not saying you should go on a diet. I'm saying that your diet that you are consuming is too high in sugar and carbohydrates. And you're eating too many calories. Just in the last decade, 10 years, we're eating 500 calories more today than we did 10 years ago. And we're working less than we did 10 years ago. We're not burning up the calories like we did 10 years ago. Just in a space of 10 years, what will the next 10 years bring to the health of America? We're in bad shape. The 50%, just less I should say, about 48 to 49% of the black community is obese. And 44% of Hispanics are obese. And 42% of Americans, white Americans, are obese. The American Hispanics, 44%. And the American blacks, 48 to 49%. Almost 50% of Americans, regardless of race, are obese. That does not mean well for the health of our country. Even in people at low risk of heart disease can benefit by continuing to reduce the triglycerides. There's a very interesting herb that has been researched and its ability to lower triglycerides. And the herb is called berberine. B like boy. E-R. B like boy. E-R-I-N-E. Berberine. In a three-month study of 32 patients taking berberine, triglyceride levels were reduced by 35%. 
even in people at low risk of heart disease, berberine reduced triglycerides by 11% and increased the HDL by 9%. That's a huge swing. Highly beneficial. In another study, 116 people with type 2 diabetes on berberine for three months reduced triglycerides by 36%, reduced the A1C levels by 12%, and the blood sugar levels by 20%. Berberine is highly effective for what is called metabolic syndrome. So what should you know about berberine? It's a natural compound from plants. From Oregon grape, which is a plant. From barberry, another plant. Another one is golden seal. These plants all contain a very yellow pigment. It's an alkaloid called berberine. But berberine is a fat-soluble and poorly absorbed compound. Some studies report that absolute bioavailability of berberine is as little as 1%. Dosage in clinical trials typically were using 500 milligrams three times daily. But now a new technology has been found to increase berberine by up to eight or nine times. So by just taking 250 milligrams of a berberine that is ultra-absorbed by using a unique plant compound, a starch, that increases the absorption. So 250 milligrams once a day is equivalent to much more than you would find from 500 milligrams three times daily. 250 milligrams by eight or nine times, ten times. So it increases absorption tremendously, up to 2,500 milligrams, just one capsule daily. It boosts absorption, so it's easy to have just one capsule daily. So with that, my friends, I've concluded my subject on berberine. And I'm going to take a short break here. Don't go anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to come back here and talk to you more about ashwagandha, an adaptogen. It's an herb that you should all know something about and might have some benefits for you uh, for a variety of health conditions. So stay where you are. I'll come back in just a few moments. This is Terry Naturally with Terry Talks Nutrition. Welcome back, my friends. We're back here with the last portion of our program today. And the first half, we talked about berberine, an alkaloid that's extracted from a variety of plants. It's a yellow pigmentation, an alkaloid, and has a tremendous benefit for reducing metabolic syndrome, overweight, high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, a variety of conditions, high triglycerides, not talking about cholesterol, Cholesterol is our, our, our friend. But in all, triglycerides is the enemy. 
for heart disease, strokes, and many more complications. But now we're going to go on and talk about our featured topic, ashwagandha, and how you can rejuvenate your body with ashwagandha. One of the most important herbs in Ayurvedic medicine. Been used for over 3,000 years. And now modern research studies have found that ashwagandha is effective for treating a variety of conditions. Now ashwagandha is spelled A like an apple. S like Sam. H W A G A N D H A. Ashwagandha. And it's effective for treating male infertility, low thyroid function, mild memory issues, sleep problems, and best known for reducing stress. The medical benefits of ashwagandha are associated with its biologically active compounds with analytes. With analytes are the key compounds that is found in ashwagandha. And there are 40 different with analytes within ashwagandha. And they have been identified and studied. And new research is now focusing on a very special with analyte, which has anti-cancer activity and may be a potential therapy for COVID-19 infection. This compound is referred to as WFA and it blocks COVID-19, the COVID-19 virus, from binding to receptor sites in the lungs, heart, and intestines. We have found a number of natural compounds that block the uptake of COVID-19. Elderberry is one. Andographis is one. In fact, I mentioned last week I spent uh, a little bit of a holiday in the the, um, Maldives and in our room they had a poster on the desk that said that they recommended andrographis to protect the body against COVID-19. It could prevent and treat COVID-19. In Thailand, they are now also recommending their citizens to use andrographis. In China, they're using andrographis to treat and prevent COVID-19. But because all the drug companies would not want anything natural to be recommended. We only hear about drugs and vaccines. But using some of these natural compounds like elderberry, andrographis, ashwagandha, melatonin, they have all been researched to help reduce the risk of infection and have been successful in doing so. So this WFA with ferrin A blocks COVID-19 from binding to receptors 
in the lungs, where a large part of infection occurs, upper respiratory tract infection, heart and intestines. But there also has been a large research study, several research studies, on stress relief. Now tell me who does not have stress? This past year and a half, I would say everybody has some degree of stress they would like to wash away. Well, you can. There are several wonderful plant extracts. Ashwagandha is being one. Andographis is also a stress reducer and reduces cold and flu and antiviral, anti-cancer. So there are some wonderful effects. I forgot rhodiola. Another one is my favorite. So here's the research study that was recently done. 60 stressed out but otherwise healthy adults took ashwagandha. It was standardized to 35% with inoline. Half were put on a placebo. Half were placed on the ashwagandha. And the results after 60 days of use, 30% to 40% reduction in depression and anxiety versus 10% to 24% reduction for those on a fake pill, a placebo. 30 to 40% reduction in depression. 23% reduction in lowering cortisol. Cortisol is the stress hormone. When you're under stress, cortisol is excreted from the adrenal glands and the more stress you have, the higher the cortisol goes. And cortisol is one of the main factors for initiating overeating, gaining weight, irritability, mood swings, depression, anxiety. So you want to lower cortisol. And ashwagandha has 23% reduction in cortisol. I also like to recommend DHEA. Because DHEA is the other hormone opposite of cortisol. So when cortisol goes up, DHEA goes down. When you boost up DHEA by a supplement, cortisol comes down. So it balances your stress hormones. I would use ashwagandha. That is standardized for 35%. Now most ashwagandha products on the marketplace are standardized for less than 5%. And most of them are extracted with, with milk. It's an old tradition in India to use milk to take out the toxins of the ashwagandha. And it takes a ton of milk, literally, on a ton of ashwagandha. And it's a waste because the milk then is thrown away. So this is a form of ashwagandha that is extracted with water and alcohol. 
and it's standardized not at less than 5%, but at 35%, seven times stronger. This is a very superior, this is my favorite, favorite ashwagandha. I recommend it all the time. So this is really a way to reduce the cortisol along with DHEA. That would be a great combination if you want to feel great, and especially women in their elderly ages where they have a lot of menopause. That's high cortisol. Ashwagandha and rhodiola, black cohosh, DHEA, are excellent for reducing the symptoms, up to 71 to 75% reduction in the symptoms of menopause. Now when they, when ashwagandha reduced the cortisol by 23%, those that were on a placebo had no change. And it actually increased, there was 11% increase in testosterone in men, but no increase in women. And in men and women in the placebo group, there was no change at all. Here's some clinical research on hormones. This was a study done on the ashwagandha called EP35. EP35. 43 overweight men. 40 to 70 years of age with mild fatigue, took EP35 ashwagandha or placebo for 16 weeks. After the 16 weeks, they analyzed the results of these 43 overweight men and the results were 18% increase in DHEA, the building block for testosterone. Men, if you want to increase your testosterone, ashwagandha, along with red ginseng, would increase your testosterone. Also a 14% increase in testosterone, along with 18% increase in the DHEA, which is the building block for testosterone. Although it did not reach statistical significance, there was a trend to the reduction of fatigue up to 12%. Additional research on ashwagandha regarding sleep. 50 healthy older adults ages 60 to 85 received either ashwagandha 300 milligrams standardized to 35% with enolides, the key compounds found in ashwagandha, or a placebo twice daily for 12 weeks. Results of the 12-week study, just three months. Mental alertness on awakening most people are pretty groggy when they wake up in the morning. They can't get going until they probably have a cigarette or a cup of coffee. 
But here you have a very healthy way to increase mental alertness on awakening. Improved by 53% in the ashwagandha group versus 38% in the placebo group. The sleep quality improved by 57% in the ashwagandha group and only 25% improvement in the placebo group. The outcome of this study overall all the doctors that were overseeing the ashwagandha group reported good or excellent results and all the patients 100% of the patients in the study 50 patients in the study all in the ashwagandha group rated their experience with ashwagandha as good or excellent. Ashwagandha. You may not have heard this. Ashwagandha is what is called the Indian ginseng. There is no ginseng growing in India. But this is an herb that acts very similarly to ginseng. So it's just commonly called Indian ginseng. It's what gives the Indians the same result as those that are in Asia when taking ginseng. My really good combination would be ashwagandha, DHEA, and red ginseng. These are very wonderful, and there are no side effects. No side effects. The only caution I would say is on the DHEA that women would be cautious to not to overdo DHEA, I would say stay in a range of about 15 milligrams. And men can use 25 to 50 milligrams of DHEA. But DHEA is, is a excellent stress reduction hormone. It balances cortisol, which is a stress hormone. These are excellent ways to get results. You don't have to use drugs. Drugs do not provide health. So what do you want to know about ashwagandha? Well, the typical extracts are standardized to about 5%, as I already have mentioned. 5% of the withanolides. But most recent research out of India has used higher standardization up to 35%. Usually what I do, I take about 150 milligrams one to three times daily. I usually take one in the morning and one in the afternoon. 150 milligrams. And there are no side effects. That's what nature is all about. Minimal side effects or no side effects. No significant adverse effects or events. That gives you a tremendous amount of comfort and confidence that you can take things to benefit your health and not worry about a side effect. Well, we have about 10 minutes left of the program. 
So I don't want to get into a deep subject. So let's talk about some common medications that increase the risk of falling. And anyway, older adults have a high risk of falling anyway. They don't have the muscle strength. They don't have the balance that they once had. But now drugs and medications even worsens the conditions. Researchers at the University of Buffalo looked at the connection between death due to falls and the use of prescription medications in people over age 65. Think about this. They found that 94% of people in this age group of over 65 had been prescribed at least one medication that increased the risk of falling. Most commonly prescribed medications are linked to increased risk of falling are high blood pressure medications and antidepressants. The use of antidepressants by this age group, those over 65, had nearly quadruple in the last 20 years. Antidepressants for people over the age of 65 have quadrupled in the last 20 years. And the rate of death due to falls has almost more than doubled in the last 20 years. So they have put together the fact that more people are using antidepressants, more people are falling and dying due to medications. So what can we do to prevent falls? Well, there's two or three things that we can recommend. Elderly people should get some form of exercise and primarily weight-bearing exercise. They need to make their muscles stronger. Well, first of all, protein makes our body stronger. We cannot build muscle without protein. So we should be eating more good quality protein. Meat, fish, eggs, cheese, milk, whatever it might be. We need more protein. We need about a gram of protein per pound of body weight. Many elderly people don't eat enough food and always the wrong food. But always discuss the use of your prescription medications with your doctor. But along with exercise and protein, we need vitamin D. And two ways to reduce the risk of falling are exercise and vitamin D, along with protein. Exercising three times a week in people over the age of 65 reduced the risk of falls by up to 30%. 30%. All types of exercise was effective. But strength and resistance training was more effective. Balancing training or group exercise classes all were effective. 
You need to exercise to strengthen your muscles. Or your muscles will atrophy, they'll waste away, and you'll become fatter and have less muscle. In a study of frail, older adults, risk of falls declined by 72% for those getting increased exercise and supplementing their health with vitamin D. And most of the patients were required to take 5,000 to 10,000 units of vitamin D3. Now let's talk about a little bit of ultra-processed food and why it's ultra-bad for you. Processed or ultra-processed is all bad. First of all, ultra-processed foods make up 58% of the daily calories in the average American diet. Highly processed. Over-processed. Overly processed means industrial formulations made with minimal or no whole foods and produced with additives, sugar, colors, flavors, and chemical preservatives. Highly processed foods means sugar breakfast cereals, white bread, hot dogs, Sausages, deli meats, they're all packaged with chemicals and packaged cookies and sweets. And bacon, if it is preserved with nitrates. Use meats that have no nitrates and that are minimally processed and they are natural, whole, even may be organic. New studies have linked these highly processed foods and processed meats. There is a huge connection to dementia, Alzheimer's disease, and heart disease. For each daily serving of a highly processed food, get these numbers, for each daily serving of these highly processed foods. There was a 7% increase in heart attacks, a 5% increase in overall heart disease, and 9% increased risk of death from heart disease. This is all data from the 3,000 men in their 50s followed after 18 years. Now, there is another study that they gathered data from over 500,000 people in Europe that was connected to eating 25 grams, that's just less than an ounce, 28 grams in an ounce, 25 grams, just, just an ounce of processed meats. That would be equal to two and a half slices of bacon that is preserved with nitrates and nitrites. If they were eaten daily, to a, and this caused a 
increased risk of dementia. But eating unprocessed meat, such as beef or pork, daily reduced dementia by 19%. This is some very interesting statistics based on highly processed or ultra-processed foods. So, that's why I tell you that food is our best medicine. If we don't select foods that are healthy for us, then we're going to have unhealthy results. And very quickly, here's a little bit of a get yourself into a better mood with grapeseed extract. In fact, researchers tested the effects of grapeseed extract on blood pressure in human clinical trials made an unexpected discovery. 80 subjects received either grapeseed extract or a placebo for 16 weeks. The grapeseed extract was associated with a reduction in blood pressure levels, especially for male participants, as effectively as medication. Because stress can affect blood pressure levels, the researchers evaluated stress levels using a standardized questionnaire. Stress and worry scores were about 20% lower for the participants in the grapeseed group. The placebo group scores for stress and worry were worse at the end of the study. So the study authors noted that grapeseed extract, the French grapeseed extract, tannin-free, is high in polyphenols. And plant compounds shown in previous research to improve the mood increase mental function, and protect against brain disease. That's why food is your best medicine, along with natural medicines and natural alternatives. And with that, my friends, I'm all out of time. I'll be back, though, tomorrow, Sunday, 8 o'clock until 9 o'clock Central Standard Time, and we'll share with you some more good information. Uh, Always join us. Let us know if we can help you more. You can always go to my website, ask me questions. And with that, my friends, say a prayer for this crazy, insane world. God bless you. God bless America.